Welcome to the Atlas Aragons podcast. On this episode, we talk to Chris of Midstate Elite Aragon about his recently released magazines for both the FX and Daystate rifles. We talk about additive manufacturing, building hovercrafts, and how his wife is the inspiration behind his viral marketing. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Long time uh, trying to arrange this. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty difficult. Thanks for having me on. So I think the first thing is to introduce yourself, talk about the product, and really what you're bringing to the market here, because it, it is pretty uh, revolutionary, at least for Day State. Yeah, right on. So are you ready? It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's on you. It's, are you ready? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so Midwest Elite, we started, uh, let's see, live with the business about three, uh, about November or so. What has that been? Four months now. Uh, are been working on product, however, for about a year and a half to two years prior to that. So uh, the first launch was our uh, FX mags. Uh, it's the high-capacity mag, and it's really what's... Uh, the biggest change with that is the uh, changeable calibers uh, for one mag. So you could have uh, 22, 25, and 30 all shoot from the same mag, which, you know, that was one of my biggest things that I wanted with FX because uh, I didn't want to continue to buy mags over and over again uh, for different calibers because I shoot them all. But uh, so you got three different uh, mags there. You got the ultimate mag, which, that's the big jumbo mag. That's like the ginormous, ginormous mag. Then you have the uh, elite light uh, mag. That's the standard size with the hinge lid. And then the elite mag that holds uh, uh, just ammo, basically extra ammo if you're out hunting or something. Uh, you don't have to carry it in your pocket or whatever. It holds it right in the mag. So I worked on that for about a year and a half, actually, uh, up till the uh, till we went live with it and uh, just put it on the market. Um, and then been working on since you know the last six months, seven months now. Well, maybe a little bit less on this Premier Mag for Daystate. Had a huge amount of interest. People were really wanting a high capacity mag for Daystate. So. Um, obviously, there's nothing on the market like it, so um, that's that's kind of where we are today. That's the 22, 25, and 30. I'm working on the 177. I've actually had a lot of a lot of people asking me for a 177, which I didn't think was even a uh, a caliber out there. For <laughs> I knew it was a caliber, but not for high-end PCPs, if you know what I mean. Anytime yeah. you have to load any pellets, super annoying. Um, so uh, tell me about your additive manufacturing process. How did you, let's start with how did you educate yourself or how did you get into doing additive manufacturing to begin with? Yeah, so uh, let's see, I've always been a guy that's a tinkerer. So I grew up tinkering from an early age. And uh, when it comes to the additive, you know, that's probably a, a fairly new thing for me, probably last three or four years, um, just 
get into the realm of just lasering and uh, 3D printing. So, you know, how I got into it is really just, I'm a guy that wants to build stuff and I don't, I want to make it my own. Uh, and it's coming from a guy that built a hovercraft in his garage, you know, <laughs> took up, kicked the wife's car out. And now I got a 20 foot hovercraft in there that I had to move out. You have a, you have a hovercraft. <laughs> I, I I built it from scratch. You got okay. You got to tell us about that. <laughs> well, so it started. Uh, you know, hovercrafts are just awesome. I don't, have you ever seen a hovercraft in action? Oh yeah, there. I've seen them in San Diego actually, because my uncle was in the Navy and they had a I don't know Navy version of that. It's like a large one to go between a ship and the beach, and oh, yeah, they're yeah. really cool. Oh man, they're just uh, so just watching it. So I, I get hooked on something, and you just gotta have it. Well, you look at the price tags on these things, they're just, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a rich guy. I'm not going to pay, I think, 120000 for these hovercrafts, so not going to happen. But I did find a kit online that uh, you can purchase these kits. You know, for me, it wasn't a kit. I bought the plans and was like, I'm just going uh, to wing it. Now, I, I, I will say the first hovercraft I built was a completely designed by myself put it together, and uh, when I uh, got sat inside it, uh, it was a one-person seater, and it could barely fit me, so I kind of <laughs> messed up my play and designs, but uh, then I, I moved on to the second uh, uh, plan and uh, paid some money for those plans, and it was a 20-foot by 8-foot uh, beast of a hovercraft, and uh, pieced it together with the, the extra lumber I had, and you know that that took some time. Well, long story short, I'll cut it short. Is uh, the uh, a the boss, aka wife, uh, shut it down on uh, the, the 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 money I had coming in. So I had to had to move on to a different adventure. Was it ever able to fly? Uh, it, uh, so these pans, these were going to be the flying hovercraft. Have you seen those? They fly actually about 15 feet off the land. Yes, uh, I have seen those. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Uh, but, uh, no, is the question, to answer your question. Never got it to fly, never got it to the point uh, of, uh, really enjoying it. Uh, but, uh, it's more of a labor of love, you know, you do something and, uh, the, the, the money stream kind of, closed so i had to put it away for a little bit what about still... the what about the first hovercraft did you get that operational no no the second the first hovercraft i had everything in it had the engine getting ready to install i sat in it i was like man you know my wife kids can't even sit in this thing it can barely fit me i need to start over so that's where i started Oh, so you scrapped that and I used scrapped it. a lot of the yeah. stuff on a second. Huh. Yep, yep. Well, so uh, someday you're going to finish this thing? I, I, I hope so. I mean, it's all fiber, uh, fiberglass, uh, the base of it, and I got the hole, got the steering installed, I got uh, the engine ready. Uh, it's a two-part engine, the engine for the lift and the uh, thrust is going to be a car engine, so... Uh, it's 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 to the point of maybe another 80 hours, 100 hours on it might be uh, might be flyable, but uh, not at the point. I kind of started this venture with uh, this air gunning, so or this uh, business, so that's kind of where my focus has been. Yeah, 
it'd be interesting to see to see you cruise by doing like a <laughs> drive-by with your high-capacity mag in a hovercraft. <laughs> there you go. No, I, that, could, I think that would be quite a sales pitch. So you got to sell that to your wife too. <laughs> say, listen, it's just, I'm selling you to sell it to other people. You know? Yeah, she would probably be behind it. She's my what you call my marketing manager. Oh, nice. Uh, so she uh, she handles. She'd probably try to push me all these reels and stuff you see me do that's not that's not me that's uh that's my my uh my wife uh saying hey you need to do this so let's hear about your introduction with day state so you had a lot of passion and and desire for this product for the day state line what what drove you to actually introduce that to the day state line to begin with did you have day state or is this a kind of an adventure that you wanted to get into because there was an open market yeah, it was so. It originally started, you know, I've always had the impacts and the wildcats. And uh, the reason, the only reason I've never really spent money into the day state was their high capacity ring. Um, I really, I hate loading. I, you know, I love shooting, but I am not a guy that's just going to sit there and load a 10 shot mag, you know, 100 times a day. So uh, I kind of steered away. Well, when I when I started this business, you know, I got into the impacts because that's what I had. Obviously, every every gun, everything I do is because I have the product and I paid money for it, invested into it to to design something. Well, I went. To, I started getting all this feedback about, hey, you know, you need to do day state, day state this, and I was like, I know they don't have one, and it just kind of dawned on me, like, okay. Why, why am I not doing it? Yeah, so I ended up uh, reaching out to Daystate. I uh, emailed them, uh, never heard back or anything, just saying, hey, this is what I want to do. I, I think it would really benefit the market uh, for you guys. And, uh, you know, you, you want to send me, send, me some, uh, send me a gun. And, uh, you know, they never responded. I didn't think they would. So I ended up investing into uh, the Red Wolf. Um, I got to say, after getting it in my hands, and I'm, I was not a fan online uh, looking at the red uh, stock. Once I got it in my hands, I, I, it's, it's a really nice gun. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a really nice gun. The trigger is phenomenal. It shoots amazingly well. So they kind of sold me on that. So now it was my focus was just trying to get this out. So I've been working on it for a long time. Uh, I've got it to the phase, you know, my biggest issue is, you know, getting into the technicalities of the mag. You know, some people understand it, but, you know, you're dealing with just the, the tolerances are just incredibly tight. I mean, you don't have a lot of room to work with when you're dealing with different calibers. You know, they have to blow smoothly. And uh, if you don't get it right, it's not gonna work. Uh, so, uh, and then on top of it, Daystate put their mag entrance on top of their gun. So now you're dealing with tolerances of the scope, the scope clearance and everything else. So. Uh, that took a little while to try to, to maneuver and figure out. And it's still not where I want it, but that was the closest I could. Maybe with, a, you know, I'm, I'll, I obviously will go back and continue to try to uh, tighten it up. But what's happened with the uh, the Premier Mags, you know, they'll fit in 
uh, fine on your gun with the scope, but the scope uh, where the torrents are have to be before or after. Uh, so if you have some extra high rings, they'll fit underneath it, but, uh, but for the standard, you know, when you're buying the gun, just remember if you want the high capacity mag, uh, that's it. With all the testers and everybody that, you know, that I do, it doesn't affect me, um, but I know some, you know, competition shooters that might, that might be a problem, you never know. So, but uh, going on to your question, it's, you know, high capacity mag, this, these day and age, you got to have it for these air guns because they're such a phenomenal weapon, not a weapon, but a phenomenal gun in shooting. It's, it, you don't, you don't want to spend your day just refilling the mags, you know? I mean, I, it's funny, people always object to the high scope rings on, on any gun, but I do find myself getting them quite a bit. Like I had a Benjamin McCade and I sold, but I had to do a high scope rings for that just to get the mag underneath. And that's, that's pretty common with a lot of rifles. There's a lot of yeah. objections. I don't think there's any accuracy issues though with that. Um, so when you're talking about the tolerances inside the magazine, you're using a belt, not a chain, correct? Correct. Yeah. So can you explain that for the audience so they know exactly the internals and what's going on there? Yeah, so on this, uh, on the Premier Mag uh, for the day state, it is using ball bearings in each gear. So there's two gears in there um, and different size ball bearings, but, uh, and it's using a, uh, basically a, a, a belt uh, that's designed uh, that's very flexible that will uh, be able to rotate the pellets and slugs. Uh, in each mag, there are two springs uh, for the size and the, the weight of the extra. You got, uh, I had to design it with two springs. Um, and the way it's designed in that currently is, you know, with it being, so some, what people don't understand is the, the rounder, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but like, to, let's take the FX mag, for example. It is, you know, perfectly round, and the the way those pellets and uh, ammo hold in there is there's no there's no tendency to change because it's it's a round. When, when you're dealing with a belt system, what you're not what people don't think about is how that belt reacts when it's on a different when it's stretched or when it's in a straight line. Uh, so that is, you have to take all that into account when you're designing it. Uh, so when it's wrapping around the big wheel, there's going to be uh, more flex because it's spread out. And when it goes into the smaller areas, it is, you know, going to be tighter. So every, every aspect of designing this thing is, uh, um, is, is very detail-minded and... I spend my time on all each of these and uh, just you know testing them, make sure that the tolerances are 100%. And anybody that's you know playing or you know design this stuff will well understand. But to the common you know person, um, you know they uh, they wouldn't quite understand until you get your hands into it. So, but um, the springs on it have to be. You know, I'll put it this way, the bigger the wheel, obviously the, the, the bigger the spring, and, but you can twist, you can turn it more and get more tension. Well, when you get a smaller compact wheel, you can only get such a size of a spring, but you can also only t tighten it up so much before the spring is, uh, you know, not useful. So when you, so 
that's it's a it's a very magical balance that you just got to find in there and uh, I think we we've hit it we found it and uh, you know people are excited for it I'm excited for it and um, it's um, so hopefully it'll be the next greatest thing in day state you know yeah absolutely so what other things are you going into? I'm sure you're not stagnant being that you're a tinkerer and you're doing hovercrafts and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> what are you, uh, other than jumping back into that venture, what are you doing next or what do you foresee doing in the future? Well, so, you know, um, get knocking out, I got uh, a lot of different, you know, for, for specifically mag purposes, I'm getting a, abundance for Delta Wolves, uh, high capacity mag and Maverick. And both of those are, um, you know, areas that we're looking into uh, just for the fact that I'm getting a lot of feedback for that. Uh, I know the Delta Wolf, there is not one on the market. The Maverick, you know, has a high capacity mag. So that one, I, I'm not sure exactly why people are so interested in a, a different one. Uh, I guess I, don't, I haven't wrapped my head, hands around the Maverick, so to speak, uh, to know more about it. But... Uh, um, uh, that's, that's a big one. Uh, but I also got some other, you know, I got some nano covers coming out. I got, uh, I, I'm working on a prototype, uh, that's, you know, I'm pretty excited about, but it's a laser, using a laser, laser range finder and be able to see it in your scope. Uh, so that one is pretty exciting. I just continue to working on that one after I get this, uh, day state. Uh, premier, premier mag out. I've heard of that in the past where having a, a range finder built into the scope and mm -hmm. I think it's been done obviously in the military but it'd be, it'd be nice to see more in commonplace and then another thing I always think about is the digital scope so when I talked to Joe Ray though he he said that they're all he's never seen one that's really good but I do think it's going to overtake the market eventually just like he said it's going to take a really crisp image to actually achieve that goal but that's cool and so what are you doing out there it is kansas right like what do you yeah. what do you shoot do you hunt or do you target shoot yeah so i grew up hunting uh shoot i was nine what five to five years old out with my dad uh walking the draws while he was up on the hillside shooting deer so uh it's always been part of the life out here. Um, haven't been able to hunt as of recently, but I spent uh, I spend most of my time just uh, shooting. Uh, you know, I, a lot of targets. Uh, I like doing trick shots. You know, some things that you just haven't seen before. Nothing. Uh, you know, the biggest you probably saw it maybe on YouTube, but. It was a big one for me. It was the bottle cap shot at 200 yards. Not really a trick shot, but it's a difficult shot. So, you know, things like that. I mean, that's uh, we own about 100 acres of land out here in Kansas, and I uh, got some freedom to kind of, you know, play, play as we, as we want to see fit, I guess. And what was your first air gun? Uh, the first air gun was a, uh, a Daisy pump action. So I grew up in my parents' basement shooting at the garage door at uh, 30-06 shells, you know, and the BB bouncing all over the wall, you know, shooting holes in the garage door. Uh, you know, that's, uh, 
That was my childhood. I would spend hours, you know, just sitting down there, you know, not not a far distance, but uh, man, that was fun. So that's kind of what got me into it. I would say about, what, 15 years ago, I got into the uh, more severe um, PCP, um, air rifles. Uh, my dad bought a uh, Marauder, and uh, man, that, it was, I, I guess I just didn't know uh, how, how much the PCP have just really come along. And, you know, the Marauder is a great gun, and uh, he, he loves it. But uh, we, it was like Christmas. We came over, and we were shooting on basement at like 50 yards or 25 yards, and it was just lights out. Um, obviously, I've grown now, and there's a lot more to... Uh, to air rifles and PCPs, and the capabilities now are just, just by far, just huge. But um, I'm excited where the industry's going. Uh, I really think it's going to take off. That's why I kind of started this uh, venture about, uh, like I said, uh, I, I think the air market is only going to continue to just be huge. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, firearm industry it's just so impacted by so much business and it's a good thing you know but at the same time it's like if you're new into the sport and you really want to get into the industry you have to try so dang hard just to market yourself not even the product but in the air gun industry i think that if you have a great product Mm -hmm. i mean you still have to try with the product but the the marketing is like kind of built into the growth of the sport right now so you're really privileged being right here right now. We are and being able to, you know, converse with the air gun industry and deal with it and see it grow. And it's cool to see it grow. I mean, it's exploding. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a great time to be in it. And, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to get into it. You know, I have a lot of these ideas and the market is not overpopulated with uh, just accessories and stuff. I mean, there's some great accessories, you know, you got the, uh, you got all the main popular brands right now, but I wanted to be the niche that I wanted to get into is more of the, you know, the customization, the innovation, um, you know, not the, I'm not here to compete and make a pro- the same product better. I wanted to make a product that hasn't been seen before. Uh, and that's, that's where I get my enjoyment out of this stuff is really, you know, like the Premier Mag, the Ultimate Mag, the the ch- interchangeable belt systems. Uh, that's, you know, no one's ever seen that stuff. So the, the Premier Mag, just for the audience, how, much, how many hours did you put into designing that? Oh, that's more than you can imagine. I mean, the design, so it's not necessary the if you're sitting down to sit down at the computer and design piece of it, that's that's one aspect, but it's the constant mental, uh, you know, anguish that you go through because you're, you know, the way I process is I'm designing every piece of my brain prior I'm even sent down. So I'm trying to attack every issue that I can see before I'm actually having a live prototype. Um, so I'd knock out, you know, so I'll spend, you know, hundreds of hours, hundreds of hours doing that. And then when I get to the uh, the design, I'll start putting it on in the system on the CAD pro- program and start, you know, going through all the iterations there. And then I'll, I'll move to the, uh, the printing piece of it and uh, the functionality. 
Um, after that, you know, then I run into, you know, well, I made this cool product, but it looks like crap. So <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't want this on my gun. So now it's about the alliterations of trying to transform it into something that's, uh, that looks good um, besides functionality. And then, you know, uh, so that's kind of how I process. It's just a, but when it, hours, you're talking about hours and hours. I mean, there's probably, with this Premier Mag, I probably have, you know, a thousand different iterations of uh, what this was and is. Uh, from, so not even from the, so from the testing. So when it gets to testing, that's pretty much what I want it to be and what it needs to be or what I would like for it to see. Uh, but, you know, what people understand is all of the, the, you know, the, the hundreds of trash can fills of plastic that, <laughs> that we go through of uh, biodegradable plastic, you know, that uh, we go through that it all, uh, that it takes some time to figure out. Yeah. Biodegradable plastic, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the curing cancer type. Um, that's right. <laughs> so, do you hunt out there on the 100 acres? Yeah, yeah. So, well, when I get to, I mainly will go out and uh, shoot uh, target targets and testing all these mags. Uh, so, uh, birds, you know, the, the common sparrow and those kind of things that, uh, that come across. Uh, the coyotes, I went from strength there that I was hunting coyotes. I actually got a, a coyote 175 yards with my 30 cal. Uh, I was, um, it was a, uh, I wish I had it on camera, but. That is uh, super impressive. Yeah, it was one of those, I, I, I was happy to take it. Uh, it was middle day, 12. I was hunting this guy for a while. He was killing all of our chickens, and uh, he was, um, getting pretty aggressive out in daylight so it was about noon i about a, he ran across and he was still moving well i didn't have my range i had my 30 cal i have my 30 impact fx impact it's shooting the 65 grains at about 950 960 so it's pumping you know over you know close to 150 foot pounds of energy so at about a, a 175 it's still hitting at 100 foot pounds of energy and it is, uh, you know, I, I shot a, a, um, a ranger shot trying to figure out where my shot is because, you know, I, when you're hunting coyote and he's on the move, you don't really have time to pull out the range finder. That's the common misperception when you're, when you're actually from real life to what you see on videos uh, is, you know, you don't have time to that. You're, you're just reacting. So... I shot a range, I, I saw where that hit, I adjusted, and I was able to not take him down at a 175 after that, that initial shot, that second shot, uh, took him down, got him right, up, right in that uh, jaw, cheek, neck, bone area right there, and he dropped like a rock. He was out. So um, now, could I ever do that again? I like to say... I could, but uh, uh, I haven't had the opportunity. But we did some night coyote. I uh, I ended up missing one. It uh, so at night that's a little bit different because you um, you know you get one shot because you can't really see where they're going and so on. But he was I thought he was at 90 yards and he was closer to like 45, 50 yards. 
and I shot over the shot right over the top of him. So and that's that's the last time uh, I saw him. Yeah, the guy I recorded with um, a few days ago or last week, Camo Kev. It's, it's mm-hmm. Kevin, but he, I I just call him Camo Kev. Camo but Kev. it's such a good ring to it. But he's yeah. uh, he's now the pro staff for the Pulsar. But speaking of that, I went to the Pulsar booth at Shot Show. It was really cool. They have some really nice thermals and. Yeah. Man, they always they're always posting them on social media and very effective on the marketing because I'm always looking at them like wow they always do, do like helicopters going by I'm like man that's I should get one and then my life will be so much better. No, I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta you gotta get something like that for a hundred acre hunt job uh, in yeah. Kansas. Yeah, the uh, I have a a thermal and it's just a mono, uh, so I just hold it. But I have uh, my night vision on the my my impacts that I'll put on. They could just go over the top of my scope, and it's pretty pretty. Uh, I mean, you have your place for thermal and you have your place for night vision. And uh, man, some of those nice those thermals coming out. Uh, I was watching what sixty eight whiskey had some um, thermals out there, and uh, I think AGN. And they're just, those Rattlers are just impressive machines, so. Yeah. You guys get lots of rats in your chicken coops there? I, I have not. We get, I haven't seen any rats. Um, now we get some mus, muskrats. Uh, we got a swamp nearby that uh, they look like the size of a giant rat, but uh, uh, that's, that's about all I've seen. Now, lots of raccoons. Those uh, things are. Being that you're in Kansas and you reference that, you know, it's like the. What makes the muskrat guard his musk courage, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, got to be one of your ads at some point, like we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, Dorothy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you have your, wife, have your yeah, wife dress you up as that for a reel. <laughs> you know, she'll get kicked out of that. She's, she's loving life. I mean, she gets to be on social media in a way that she doesn't have to be in it. She can force me to be in it. Yeah, vicariously put oh, you through yeah. the suffering. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some of them. I'm just like, no, no, I'm not doing it. The, the most I've done, you saw that the one I uh, put a wig on, you know, uh, that was yeah. <laughs> imitating my wife. I was like, yeah, uh, she has no idea what I'm trying to explain. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about this mag distribution. You, people can buy it on your website. Yeah, so you can get on the website at MidwestEliteAirGun.com. Uh, uh, so you can have access there. You AOA uh, put it on their website as well. They they purchase quite a bit uh, from me, so you have access from them. They have a obviously. I'm just a small business and getting you know growing the business, and they you know it's AOA. I mean they're they're big dogs in the in the in the market, so. Uh, they'll they have access to it. They have 22 and 25 in stock. The 30 I'm shipping to them uh, this week, and the 177 will be in testing shortly. Um, it's uh, still you know still in the the process of, of working out. So. Do you know how many rounds will be in that 177? It's close to 40. So oh wow it's, yeah it's uh, so the 35 what is 30 34 rounds and the 22. 25 is 29, the 30 is 25, and the 177, I, I think I have it at 40 shots. So uh, it's, you know, it, and it's no size difference, the same size. So you're, and the, I, the reason, I didn't want a ginormous mag off the side of gun. I just can't stand the way that looks. So if it, 
I don't think the pictures do it justice. Um, when you get it, it's only the size of your hand. It's, uh, it's not any bigger than that. It's maybe, you know, a half, you know, half size bigger than like an FX Mac. Um, so it is shaped differently just because, uh, you know, the way the gun is designed, but, uh, it's not a, it's not a big, big mag, but it does hold a lot. So that's a nice thing. So as a manufacturer, what would you like to see in the marketplace change? If you could have a magic wand to do anything you want, what would you like to see change or maybe the trajectory you'd like to see the air gun industry go to? Well, I, for me, air guns are expensive. And I think we all can agree on that, right? <laughs> I mean, um, but you're paying for, paying for a lot of it. I think more there's... Once there's more uh, variety, I think the cost of them will come down. Uh, but man, when you're getting into the sport, um, you know it's you're gonna you're putting some money down. I mean, they're, they're not cheap. So I think uh, the price of it is nice. That's kind of why you know, like the FX mags. You know, that's why I kind of tuned. You know, I got a forty-nine dollar FX mag, high capacity. You know, I, people spend all this money on their guns. Why? You know, they don't want to spend even more money on there. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm the odd guy out, but uh, on their accessories. Uh, but uh, I guess getting back to your question is, I think that's that's important piece. And I think what's important uh, as we the industry grows is just you know people to be safe and not not stupid out there when it comes to them. Because what what scares me is the guns, the PCPs especially, are getting more powerful. They can shoot longer distance, and what I don't want to happen, you know, or hopefully every air gunner would say, would you know, some somebody not some pass through kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, just not being smart with them. Do you see the market desiring stuff like what you're making for lower end guns? I asked the same question for another manufacturer before, and I was. I always like to ask that because I see a lot of lower end guns and I, I have a couple, for example, and I'm always like, man, if I could buy this $150 mag that would do something like that, I would. I would. So what, what's your answer to that? Would you ever consider doing that for lower end guns? Well, absolutely. I think uh, there's a give and take. I mean, uh, so... Uh, for example, my dad has a Marauder, and uh, those little baby clips would drive me nuts. But, you know, for him, they're cheap little, and he doesn't mind carrying, you know, 10 in his pocket or, or whatever and shooting it. Um, you know, they're – so, yes, I, I do want to get to lower-end gun uh, designing. I wanted to, you know, get to the market of designing something that um, uh, hasn't ever been seen before. Um, and then I'm just kind of working my way to, uh, to other other parts of the business. So I think what's important to me is getting feedback. Obviously, you know, I'm constantly trying to get people's feedback on, okay, you know, what, what are they looking for? You know, it, it, I don't want to attack something that I'm just wasting my time and energy on, obviously, if it's, there's not a big market for it, um, you know, because obviously at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to make a living. So... I think, uh, is there a market for it? Is it doable? Uh, and has it been done before? Um, uh, those are important pieces. I've, uh, the AEA guns are getting, you know, a, a pretty, 
pretty popular now. I've had several responses for a, a bigger mag for those. Um, the but really the the one that I constantly get a lot of is the two guns, is the Delta and the Maverick, and those you know I'll probably end up doing both of them. It just kind of depends on you know uh, when I can you know make it happen. Yeah, the high-end angle, I think, is almost necessary. It kind of reminds me of Elon Musk when he came out with electric cars. He didn't start with the, the family car. He started with the high-end roadsters or whatever. And I think that's necessary to, for advertisement purposes and for income. I mean, you have to pay for your business. And if you're not marketing to the high-end, the people that you know will buy that then you, yeah. you don't want to start with the low end where you don't know whether it's even going to land. I mean, if it's just a difference of 10 shots with a cheap Marauder versus 20 shots with a cheap Marauder, people, yeah. like you said, might just prefer to have a bundle of mags in their pocket for $5 each. Kind of a give and take. I mean, it's it's one of those. I'm constantly asking for, you know, feedback. So, you know, basically everybody that buys from me from the website, I'll send them a personal email and be like, hey, you know, are you satisfied with the order? What do you think? Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I mean, I most of my life I've been in, you know, the service industry. So I'm the type of guy that is just ingrained who I am. I want to take care of my customers. I want to make sure they're happy. You know, if there's an issue or if there's something they want to see better, I'm going to take it into account. I'm going to do what I can uh, to, obviously, within reason, uh, to make sure it's uh, uh, taken care of. So I think... Um, you know, I'm constantly sending emails trying to get feedback from people. And hey, if they love it, great. If uh, they something they want to change on it or something they don't like, great. That's I think I think that's what makes the difference from successful businesses to uh, to just mediocre is the ones that can take take the feedback, understand that uh, you know we're we're not we're not perfect human beings, and we're going to do what do our best but understand that we're here to try to do our best there's a lot of companies out there that uh you know put something out there and you don't can't get a hold of them you can't reach them you can't figure out you know uh, you know what's you know i have this issue i need it fixed and it takes a month before you hear back obviously there's some of that from the size of the company i get that but What's important is that small business feel. Yeah, keep that across the board. Keep that, doesn't matter how, how much I grow, and uh, is to keep that customer service at the forefront. You know, it's, it's about, you know, it's, it's about growing each, each customer at a time versus uh, just trying to sell mass productions. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure it's difficult answering all these questions too with uh consumers that just like hey can you make a mag for the aea which i totally agree would be cool because i've had a few friends have had mags crack on i think they're semi-autos i don't know why but the the company reaches out to them and sends them a new one right away so not a problem but um it's got to be hard when people are just like man i would love this product on the aea and it's like well you don't know how many thousands of hours i've put into it right so it's <laughs> yeah. like it's easy to say that but to, to, to actually translate that and then invest that and potentially not make any money on the other side of that exactly i mean that's really what it comes down to is uh you know obviously when you you own a business you want it, you need to make money obviously to keep the business alive so it's really about listening to people uh, is there a market there and how what how much time 
You know, how much am I going to have to invest in that kind of thing? You know, just like the day state, I, you know, invested in the rifle. You know, I purchased the guns. They didn't send me one. No one, you know, was, hey, I'm doing this. You know, I talked to a lot of people, and, uh, you know, they were like, great. Uh, but they're not just going to, you know, it could be any random guy out there saying that. Does that make sense? So, yeah, totally. Uh, and this industry is full of people that want free stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. So I, I think, uh, yeah, so it's about, you know, earning your respect in the market, saying, hey, you know, I want to do this. And then people are like, okay, he can deliver. And then, uh, you know, AOA has been great. I mean, uh, they've, they contacted me and was like, hey, this is something I'm excited about. I really want to know more. So they, they reached out and they, they, uh, they, they want to help out wherever, so, which is really nice. Yeah, their, their business model, their online business and then how they do things in the shop and just, I, I always look at it, I'm like, man, it's just a, like a really well done business you know just yeah. from i'm not even talking air guns just talking just the pure business how they do it their distribution their for sure their storefront yeah. small but it's still a storefront and then their online business is really done well the online store so it's it's always fun looking at it. i'm like wow i just i'd love to do this business with anything you know like ice cream i don't know literally <laughs> any any kind of business if you could model it like that they just do it really well yeah yeah they they've uh they've grown like dramatically over the years because i i got my first air gun through them and it's uh it's a totally different beast nowadays so they got uh uh, they got a lot of people, so that's good. Yeah. Well, where can people find you, and uh, where can they find your socials, your business, all that? Yeah, so uh, let's see. I'm on pretty much every social aspect. So YouTube, find me, Midwest Elite Aragon. On Instagram, Midwest Elite Aragon. Uh, let's see here. Facebook, Midwest Elite Aragon. My website, obviously, MidwestEliteAragon.com. Uh, so you you type me in, and I'm usually pull you know I'll, I'll pull up on your search bar uh, pretty much every time. So um, it's um, yeah, I mean we'll 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 uh, we're you know something that I didn't talk about is like I said I always ask for that feedback, but there is a link in my website that you get that anybody can reach out and send me an email. I saw that. I was gonna send a little troll email to you. <laughs> hey. This thing sucks. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you send me an email. If it's something, I get a lot of emails uh, at a time, you know, saying, you know, I really want this. And what I do is I keep track of all that. And if there's a repeat, like a constant repeat, a lot of times it's just a one-off. Like, I want this, I want that. And then uh, once I start getting repeats of it, then that's when I, I'll, I'll kind of, tune in to, okay, this is a direction we, we need to go. There's, there's more interest here. Uh, so definitely an opportunity there for people to get on. And so if someone like Ben at the pellet shop wants, you know, mags for the guns that he sells, AEAs, he can just like send 30 emails to the same, <laughs> same thing, copy and paste and well, maybe it'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I might catch on if it's the same email, but uh, <laughs> that's it. And the AEA might be the next gun if that happens. <laughs> that's too funny. Um, are you doing any competitions this year? 
Oh, man, I would love to. I was just talking to Dave, uh, Dave Croder about uh, competition. Your podcast with him uh, was very enlightening. Uh, so I've never done competitions, and I'm always someone that really wants to. But I, for whatever reason, I can't find somewhere close to me in Kansas that, uh, uh, that's you know, within a drive that I can, I can and, you know, get to. But so no, competitions have not been a thing that I've done. Competitions is something I want to do, but I just haven't experienced yet. Uh, you should do EBR this year. I'm going. You should come. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've had a lot of people ask me if I'm coming, and I, uh, you know, I, I just need to commit and do it. Yeah, the best thing to do is try to find a VRBO and kind of split it between a few dudes, but. Um, it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's really pretty down there. And even if you're just spectating, it's kind of fun. But I mean, now that AOA is selling magazine yeah. might be a good idea. Yeah. Maybe they hook me up with a ticket. Yeah. Maybe talk to them. <laughs> yeah. No, they, uh, yeah, that would be, uh, be, I mean, I met some crazy, uh, just a crazy amount of great people. Uh, it's, it's been life changing for the fact that, you know, I mean, you just, it's been a good experience. People were, uh, uh just, just good. So I, I can't say enough about, you know, I talk, Dave, uh, like I saw, talked about, John, I just talked to him for hours, two hours the other day. Uh, he's uh, testing, going to be testing some stuff. But uh, he, uh, but yeah, some just really good, good people. Yeah. Uh, have you, are you do competition? Nope, none. I used to do a little precision stuff with the powder burning side, but um in air guns now i've just spectated a lot when i went to ebr last year i was literally working on this what i'm doing right now so oh yeah okay yeah i'm a i'm a nobody so it's easy being a nobody i just get to watch and laugh and <laughs> well that's me there buddy. stick my thumb up my my rear and <laughs> hey look at that yeah look at that good shot yeah. <laughs> that looks cool yeah. Yeah. what do you got there yeah no i'm 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 uh, constantly uh humbled when it comes to uh or, or not, not necessarily humbled, but intimidated uh, by these guys that, man, you're talking to them and you're like, uh, okay, I, I got, I need to, I, I, he sounds like an adult. I sound like a kid. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I used to, I used to film the WCT, like the, the World Cup tour for surfing. And, you know, I'd, nice. I'd engage with a lot of famous surfers yeah. and it's kind of has a lot of crossover with this with let's say famous yeah. shooters um, of all types, powder burning and air gunners. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Like I, I, I'm not the kind that gets shell shocked, but there are some famous people that I've talked to where I'm like, huh, you've got a lot of lot. It's not just like what they're doing on video, but yeah. sorry, there's a plane literally flying by right now. <laughs> You're good. It's a crop plane. So I'm kind of fitting nice. in with a Kansas, <laughs> there you go. the well, Kansas background. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're just they're, they have a lot of knowledge, and that that's where they yeah. that's why they've got into the place where they've gotten is that they're right. very knowledgeable and they know what they're doing and they shoot well. And I think one of the things like this is <clears throat> a tangent that I'm going on, but one of the things that I don't like about the air gun industry is the criticism against a lot of the people that I talk to that I see on the back end, let's say on forums and stuff like that. People will be like, yeah. "Oh, I don't like." this dude, let's say Jeff, or I don't like how he shoots. He's a sellout or he's a, you know, he's <laughs> copped out or I don't know, whatever. They always say sellout. He's a sellout of this brand. And it's like, you know, A, a lot of people have to have sponsors. Absolutely. If they're content creators. And then B, 
it's it's really easy to give that criticism. I mean, that's just a open criticism that has no falsifiability. You know, there's no exactly. way to actually be critical about that criticism. And I think that's one thing I'd like to see different is if people are putting out content, if you don't have something nice to say, I mean, maybe not say it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're talking about like the just random Joe trolls, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, at the same time though, it's kind of fun reading them. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and there's the therein lies the problem. Therein lies the rub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people uh, like sin, to, sinful yeah. nature, man. Yeah, with true. with. With me, I've, I've had someone call me a sellout. I'm like, how the hell would I be a sellout? Like, I've I've had everyone on. I don't know how yeah. that would be, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that one confuses me. No, I, I, uh, if shoot, I would I uh, decline an offer if somebody came to me and was like, hey, was like, hey, we want you solely to, you know, would I decline that? Well, you're talking about financial. You don't when you do stuff like this. It's a it's a, for the business, you know, you, you, you got to make an income, right? So I think people un, don't understand that when it comes to like YouTube or understand when they're doing, you know, they, they are trying to make a living just like you do, just in a different way, aspect. So, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, hopefully I can see you at EBR and, uh, thank you, Chris, very much for coming on the Atlas Arrogance podcast. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and you're always welcome back on. Hopefully we can do this again. Maybe uh, maybe some more reels with you with wigs. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. you back on. Oh, goodness gracious. My wife would love that too much. We could do a video version of it with you with a wig. Oh, man. Yeah, she would, yeah there you go. She would get a <laughs> kick out of that. She, there's a, one she's trying to get me to do, a, a dance. Have you seen that? Uh, the back? I think it's a Backstreet song, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a reel. But anyways, they... They do a dance and it, it from the good and bad. Uh, oh, if you see it, uh, it's hard to explain. <laughs> I don't want to take any more of your time. Yeah, we're have to we're have to re coordinate this release with that release, you know. <laughs> yeah, Backstreet Boy, Chris. Uh, oh, yeah, don't. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> see, like, like I said, this is one of these podcasts. You might just, if you're really low on content, you can put out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I think this is a, this is a creme de la creme of content. I, mean, <laughs> I don't go. think it gets any better than this. Oh, no, there you go. And make someone make fun of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, at All least right. at least this time it's not me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I haven't seen too many that uh, uh, you're in there making fun of yourself. Yeah, I try to. I delete the crap out of myself. <laughs> I every time I'm like, oh god, I have to see myself. You know, I just delete that crap. And then yeah. same thing with audio. I do, I usually delete a lot of dialogue with myself because I really wanted to be about the guests anyway. Well, Chris, uh, thank you once again, and uh, I'll see you soon. All right, talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Atlas Airguns podcast. Make sure to like with a five-star rating, share, and subscribe. Have a question? Email atlasairguns at gmail.com.